Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey and I am so glad you're joining me this morning. It has been quite a while since my last podcast and uh, I am today just so overflowing with something God put on my heart that I can't help but record it and I hope that it blesses you the same way that uh, it is currently blessing me. Uh, Today we're going to be in the book of Luke Uh, chapter 22, verses 39 through 42. Uh, Going through the book of Luke with a incredible group of fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Actually, I think we have a third grader, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and uh, so excited about going through books of the Bible with them. And we're in Luke right now, and so I'm getting ready for uh, our our group meeting and reading through Luke. And this portion of scripture just... um, hit me. So I know that God has something here and I want to explore it together. So let's invite the Holy Spirit wherever you are to begin to open your heart and minister to you as we look into the word of God. Let's pray together wherever you are. uh, Just bow your heart. You might be driving or out uh, walking or with people. You don't have to close your eyes, but let's quiet our hearts. Let's get before God right now in this moment. Jesus, we just adore you. Jesus, we just are so drawn to you and your word and your ways. And God, we want in the next few moments to be uh, that person that's sitting at your feet, that's your disciple learning of you, soaking in your ways. God, we need godly ways. We need godly words. We need godly practices in our lives. And so God, I pray that you would wash over us today. Thank you for this opportunity that's before us to dive in to your word. God, I pray would be immersed in it. God, I pray that it would uh, affect us and change us and help us, cause us to grow and bear fruit. Jesus, I thank you for your word. Speak to us now. Speak to every heart that's listening, God. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are in Luke uh, 22, and this is a very famous prayer in the Bible. Uh, It is the prayer that Jesus, the the account of Jesus praying uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane before he is arrested and goes to lay down his life to be crucified on our behalf. The Garden Prayer. The Garden Prayer. We're going to start right here in verse 39, Luke 22, 39. It says this, Jesus went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. Verse 40 says, On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Verse 41, He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. Verse 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Verse 39 says, again, and we're going to concentrate in on verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. If you're in a place where you're actually reading a paper Bible, uh, underline those words, as usual. Jesus went out as usual to pray. Historical records show that, that Jesus would go often to this very garden. And he would stay overnight praying. 
as usual. Many of you who know me personally know that um, in the last year, we lost my brother-in-law and um, it was a really traumatic death. He was, he was shot and killed and it was a very, very, very difficult time in, in my life in my husband's life as he lost his brother and uh, my kids and uh, as they lost their uncle. And it was a traumatic time for us um, without going into so many details. It was a low time. And what got me through those moments was my as usual. There were routines in my life that were already built in I knew the path to walk to the heart of the Father. I knew the way to go. I knew the place to pray. And I remember crying out to God in the midst of that desperation, in the midst of those moments, and just weeping before the Lord. And I was just so desperate and just so broken. And and I felt like everything in my life was um, was out of place and out of order. And God really spoke to me in those days and said, you know, there are some things in your life that are out of order. Some of your routines are not good, but the routine that is good is your faithfulness to me. And that's the most important routine. And that's what's going to sustain you in these days. And I just thank the Lord. And I thank the Lord for the days. I thank the Lord for the hours. I thank the Lord for the months, for the weeks of preparation and prayer for what I didn't know was coming with my brother-in-law's death. There are no wasted moments in prayer. There are no wasted days in prayer. We need to establish patterns of prayer. And this isn't going to happen naturally. Our lives are so crammed. They're so busy. They're so, there's always something. There's always another next Netflix uh, binge watching thing you could go on. There's always a person calling to hang out with you or, or some activity to do or a place to go. We have to make patterns. We have to push aside everything else. Jesus had a lot to do. There were people and crowds gathering around him often. His schedule could have been jam-packed, but he, as usual, goes away to a desolate place to pray. As usual, goes here to the Mount of Olives, to this, to this uh, garden, to pray. It says his disciples followed. Those that were watching him knew this. Here's the path to prayer. Here's where we go. And they followed him to prayer. As usual. Our prayer has to be as usual. It has to be a pattern that we've created in our lives. It has to be a daily practice. It has to be a practice. I pray. I withdraw from everything else to seek the face of God, to, to draw on his strength and power and wisdom and might, and to correct the things that from even the last 24 hours that got out of place. We need an as usual practice of prayer. As usual, Jillian Pelkey finds her place in prayer. As usual, you, whoever you are, you find your place of prayer. As usual, Jesus went as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. An interesting uh, part of this is Jesus knew what was about to happen in the next few days. He could have run and hid. He could have gone to a place where the guards wouldn't come and find him to drag him away. He went 
as usual, to somewhere where he knew he could be found. People knew he went here to pray. Judas knew where to find Jesus. Where will I find Jesus to betray him? Oh, he must be praying. When the enemy of our souls prowls around like a lion looking to destroy us, where's he going to find you? Oh, I know where I'm going to find the servant of God, the daughter of the king of kings. She's in her prayer closet praying. Good luck getting me while I'm praying. Good luck destroying me while I'm praying. Because when we have this as usual pattern of prayer, there's a solid rock that we're building our house on. The house of our soul is built on a solid rock that does not move, that doesn't change with circumstances, does not change when things around us are destroyed. We stand on the word of God, the word of God. doesn't change and when it's established in our lives we stand on solid ground and so Jesus didn't hide Jesus went to a a place of prayer as usual with his disciples so in the garden prayer our first point is as usual as usual verse 40 on reaching the place he said to them pray that you will not fall into temptation The plan here for Jesus at the the eve of his arrest, the plan is not to hide from our circumstance, not to hide from what's coming, not to hide from what's currently happening. The plan is prayer. The defense for the circumstance happening in your life is prayer. The offense. What are you supposed to do? The offense of your circumstance, the offense of your issue, of your problem, of your deep despair. The offense is prayer. The whole plan is prayer. The whole plan is prayer. It's very easy for us to think that's not enough or I need something different. Do you need wisdom? Pray. Do you need help? Pray. Are you angry? Pray. Are you overwhelmed? Pray. Are you desperate? Pray. Can you not stop crying? Pray. Are you anxious? Pray. As usual, find your spot. Find your place. Pray. That's the plan. Jesus told it to his disciples. Jesus practiced it himself. And this is in verse, so first point is as usual. Our second point is pray. And our third point is verse 41. He withdrew about a stone's throw away beyond them, knelt down and prayed. From everyone else, withdraw and pray. Find your own place to get alone with your God and pray. And Jesus, right now, he modeled the plan. He needed it. And then he actually did it. We can talk in this podcast all about prayer. That's good. But we got to do it. Some of you need to turn this off right now and pray. It's more important. We can see other people that pray and we can go to them. Will you pray for me? Our prayer team teaches that uh, we want to change our wording in that, that I'll pray with you. I'm not going to pray for you. I'll pray with you. I'll pray over you. But I'm not praying for you. You pray. You get a stone's throw away from even your closest people. And you get alone with God. 
in Enduring Word commentary, it says that the culture of the day for prayer was to stand in prayer. That was the posture that people took when they prayed. They stood to pray. And the Bible says right here that Jesus knelt down and prayed. There was a desperation in the moment. There was a, a full-on, I need to surrender moment. Jesus knelt and prayed when the posture of the day was to stand. He was completely surrendered. As usual, he's praying. And our third point is surrender in prayer. Before you even get any farther, surrender in prayer. Surrender yourself. Kneel before the Lord, your God, and surrender in prayer. Verse 42, huh, after he surrendered, after he's knelt, after he said, God, you're in charge here, he says this, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. First he surrenders, but now he's kind of battling. He's telling the truth. He's giving it the, the reality of his life. And with us in prayer, we don't go to God saying, uh, oh yeah, everything's fine. I'm desperate, God. It's all right. I'm going to be okay. No worries. It is what it is. Our prayers have to be truth. Our prayers have to be, God, I don't think I can do this. God, take this from me. God, I can't face this person. God, I'm hurt. God, help me. Show me your way. As usual, find your pattern of prayer. Number two, pray. Number three, surrender. But number four, battle it out with God. Number four is God. If you could take this from me, do it because it hurts, because it's hard. And as Jesus prays, he says, take this cup from me. And a cup usually represented um, the wrath of God. The cup represented punishment. God, if you can take this punishment I'm about to receive, take it from me. He was about to take on the punishment of the world. The sins of all generations were about to be laid on him. Of course, he's kneeling in prayer. Of course, he's doubled over and desperate and before God. And some of our problems feel big. They're not big compared to what Jesus was about to face, but they're big and they're real and they're heavy. And it feels like we are drinking a cup of wrath. And, and, and Jesus says, God, could you take this from me? Not my will, but yours be done. Full of the knowledge about what was about to happen. Jesus resolved to lay down his life. He chose to lay down his life. He wasn't tricked into it. He wasn't arrested in a way he couldn't get out of it. He chose in prayer. All this happened in prayer before it actually happened. He chose in prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Whatever happens, God, if this is your plan for me, I'll do it. Prayer is yielding. So our, our point here is battle, but it's a, a battle that we find ourselves yielding in because we first surrender. So our points are as usual, pray, surrender and battle but in that battle we find ourselves if we wrestle with god we find ourselves yielding to his ways we need that wrestle we need to get us out of the way so god's kingdom can come and his will can be done we need to wrestle through our unbelief 
We need to wrestle through our angst. We need to wrestle through our humanness. We have to wrestle through our expectations of what we think we deserve. We have to wrestle through it all and say, not my will, but yours be done. Again, with enduring word commentary, I love this. Uh, we, when we draw a conclusion in prayer, we have two choices. We can be like Jesus and say, not my will, but yours be done. And that's the correct conclusion. That's the conclusion Jesus shows us. That's the conclusion Jesus lives out and does. Or we can draw this conclusion. My will, not yours, be done. We rise from prayer with one of these two messages in our hearts. Not my will, but yours be done. Or my will, not yours, be done. If we wrestle long enough, we wrestle hard enough. If we wrestle with everything out, laid out on the table before God, uh, we usually walk away saying, not my will, but yours be done. But if we don't wrestle long enough, we just say, ah, God, no, I don't want to do this. There have been quite a few assignments the Lord has given me. But I said, I don't, I don't want to, God. I'd rather not. Isn't there somebody else? That's hard work. I've done my time. <clears throat> I've done my stuff. Why me? Isn't there someone else? I don't want to. In prayer, as usual, as I surrender, as I battle, I can walk away ready to do the assignment, ready to do the thing that God has asked me to do with joy and with an overflowing sense that I'm doing this out of the love that God has for me and not out of duty, not out of uh, trying to make a penance for something I've done wrong, not out of wanting others to look good upon me, but saying, I'm doing what my father has asked me to do and my audience becomes smaller. My audience becomes Jesus. My gift becomes an offering to him and not to my own ego. My gift becomes an offering to him and not to what I can accomplish by doing something flashy. My offering to him says, not my will, God, but yours be done. And something great comes out of that because we know that God has our best interests in mind. We know that God sees the beginning from the end. He sees what he's put in us and created in us because we are fearfully and wonderfully made and he has good works that he has planned before the beginning of time for us to do and so many times we don't have an as usual prayer time to to find those things or we don't have an as usual prayer time to battle out the things he's asked us to do so we can surrender and say yes we're missing the things that God has for us because we're not on our knees surrendered in prayer. We're not communicating back and forth to God and say, God, I don't think this is going to work. Show me your ways. And he does. And he does. So we see here, I'm going to read these verses to us one more time. The garden prayer. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of olives and his disciples followed him on reaching the place he said to them pray that you will not fall into temptation he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them knelt down and prayed father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done this garden prayer shows us that we need to have an as usual time of prayer that number two we got to pray as usual, pray. Number three, we have to surrender because temptation can come our way because uh, things of this world are going to happen. They are happening. They have happened. So our first stance is surrender. Our second 
is number four, which is to, to battle and say, God, let's work this out. God, here's where my angst is coming from. Help my unbelief. Wash me with the watering of the word. Wash me with your spirit. Show me your way. Show me your truth. What a powerful, powerful portion of scripture on the eve of Jesus being arrested. I don't want to stop there, though, because I want to read you the next verses in Luke 22. We stopped at verse 42, but there's something here that's just going to blow you away because after this battle in prayer, verse 43, Luke 22, 43, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and sweat like drops of blood falling to the ground. After this, an angel came and strengthened him. Many times after a time of prayer, we're ready to go and do the thing that God has asked us to do. Clearly, the things that God has asked us to do are different than what Jesus went through. Jesus going to the, the cross, Jesus' anguish, Jesus taking on the sins of the world is so much bigger than what we are facing. And we can reflect on that. But we can see the pattern that he showed us. And we can see that we're strengthened by the Spirit of God after prayer. How powerful is this? I hope you feel energized. Now, I got to pray. <laughs> I hope you feel like I got to find my as usual. I got to create these patterns. I got to fight for these patterns. Above all else, the pattern I need in my life is a pattern of, of prayer, a pattern of being with Jesus. There are so many other things that are very, very important. But this pattern of prayer, that's what's going to sustain you. That's what's going to direct you. That's what's going to cause you to, to be at work for the kingdom of God. And so I hope you feel this gung-ho attitude, I'm going to go pray. But I want to remind you of what happened next in Luke 22, verse 45. Jesus, as usual, goes to pray. All this happened. He's strengthened by an angel. He knows that something hard is on the horizon. He knows all this. In verse 45, when he rose from prayer, after agonizing in prayer, when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep. Exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Temptation means evil, so you won't fall into evil, so you won't fall in the wrong place. Jesus needed to pray. The disciples needed to pray. I need to pray. You need to pray. Everyone needs to pray because we all can fall into temptation. We see it. The Bible is full of those who fall into temptation and come back to the Lord because there's no sin that's not common to humanity. When you have this gung-ho attitude, I'm going to pray, don't expect it to be you and a, a workout buddy that meets every morning at 6 a.m. No, it's you and the Lord. It's your spiritual growth, you and God. Sometimes we'll have groups for a season or prayer partners or those who spur us on and it's wonderful. But the most beautiful part about prayer is that it is equally available to everyone regardless of race, gender, economic status. There is no limitation to who can pray. 
It's not about wisdom. It's not about upbringing. It's not about anything besides closing your eyes and closing out everything else and saying, God, here I am. God, speak to me. God, I'm listening. God, I'm willing. God, here I am. God loves regular people. God uses regular people. I see in the Bible a pattern of God preferring the least. Have we established this faithful pattern of prayer without excuse? The excuse lies on no one else. Oh, well, my pastor doesn't teach me to pray, or my pastor doesn't visit me, or my pastor doesn't call me, or my husband makes it hard, or my wife is doing this, or my kids are this, or my this, or my... Uh, the beautiful part about prayer is it can happen anytime, anywhere. Jesus shows us a beautiful pattern, an as usual pattern. And I hope that as you reflect on this portion of scripture that you will be moved to establish a pattern of prayer, to reestablish, if you've gotten away from, a pattern of prayer in your life. I am thankful for the availability that I don't have to buy prayer, that I don't have to uh, do anything to earn time in prayer, but I can simply come and sit at the banqueting table of Jesus and be nourished and fed and filled with water that's living. I can be filled with manna from heaven. I can be filled with the goodness of God. I can be filled with joy. I can be filled with peace that passes worldly understanding. All these gifts are sitting there for me if I come and meet with Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word that reminds us of what's good and true and beautiful and lovely. God, I thank you for your word that brings us back to the simplicity of the gospel, the deep truth of the gospel, that Lord, you are the savior of the world, that you took on yourself, willingly laying down your life, you took on yourself my sins and the sins of the entire world, of all of humanity. You took the cup, God. You took the cup and you drank it and you gave your life for us so that we could have this access to God. And Lord, I pray that we would make a pattern. We would make it as usual, that we would be found on our knees in prayer, surrendering, battling, and being strengthened by your spirit. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities set before us today to seek your face. Lord, I thank you for your word and your, the, the truth of your word that says those that seek you with all of your heart, with all of our heart will find you. Help us to seek you with all of our hearts today, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you.